2: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?
1: Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, at least for now, he's still upright, is uh, someone who likes to talk about this his favorite time of year, senior writer Jonathan Strickland. You will rejoice to
0: hear that no disaster has accompanied the commencement of an enterprise which you <laughs> have regarded with such evil forebodings.
2: Uh, the reason I am picking on Jonathan today um, is because today we're going to talk about um, the event formerly known as the Consumer Electronics Show, but I think it's it bears... Throwing that name in there for people who aren't as familiar with the acronym, which the organization behind it wants us to use when we talk about it, CES. CES.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and when this episode goes live, will be while I'm in Las Vegas at the 2012 CES. We're recording this in December 2011, but it, uh, by the time this goes live, I should be if I if I've counted my calendar correctly, uh, I should be in Vegas as you're listening to this. If you downloaded it the day it came out. Right. So, if you're listening to this right now and it's it's the second week of January, just remember, Jonathan is in Las Vegas and is exhausted and crying. Yes, and I'm not. Ha ha. Right. Although he may be still crying. Yes, because that's true. Chris does do that. But let's uh, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the the show, its background, and then I think uh, we'll we'll concentrate on that in the first half of our episode, and in the second half. Th- this is one episode. It just. The first section of our episode. In the right. second section of our episode, we'll talk about what the experience is like being at CES because both both of us have been.
2: Yes, yes. yes. Thankfully, and in fact,
0: uh, we we were both there at the most heavily attended CES ever.
2: Yeah, yeah. The uh, the show um, may you may actually be familiar with it. Yeah, there are there are a lot of people, um, the consumer, uh, the organization behind CES. Um, basically is is right in thinking that a lot more people know about this show than, than they used to.
0: Yeah, it's the Consumer Electronics Association that yes. puts on the show. And that that's an organization of around 2,000 companies that are in the consumer electronics industry. Mm-hmm. And these companies have formed this organization for many reasons. Uh, part of it is uh, the organization conducts a lot of market research to kind of find out what consumers are interested in, what the trends are going to be, so that companies can kind of get a jump on things and start developing... Uh, products that are going to really appeal to people, you know, that it's always a challenge figuring out what people are going to be interested in and, and developing that because you, you know, most of these products have development cycles that last a couple of years. Mm
2: -hmm. So to, or more in some cases. Yeah.
0: So to be able to identify what a, a trend is going to be, not tomorrow, but two years from tomorrow is a huge challenge. So that's part of what the CEA does. They also have networking opportunities. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got a lot of these really important folks in various uh, major companies, and they all tend to know each other through organizations like the CEA. And uh, it's also about education around uh, things like legislation and regulation, because a lot of these industries do have legislation and regulation surrounding them. So it's important for companies to be aware of that and to know what is and isn't uh, cricket. Before they go into developing a product.
2: Well, but, if – I'm but, sorry.
0: But CES is their big – like that's the thing everyone knows them for. Yes. Because CES is just – it's It's like, the public
2: face of the organization. And really.
0: it's and it's become such a huge event, especially from its uh, humble beginnings.
2: Yes, yes. But in, in essence, um, it's a trade show, um, basically a big open floor with booths where – companies are showing off their products, and there are people, representatives from the company, uh, not necessarily company employees. Sometimes they're, they're PR
0: yeah. so people that they've
2: hired to hired, talk about
0: hired it. guns who come in, and they've got uh, fact sheets about all the different products that they have all memorized, and they're happy to spout off, but if you ask them anything that's not on the fact sheet, then they
2: give you an email. <laughs> yeah. hey, here, take my card. Yeah. Um, we'll get into into what it's like. It's, it's interesting to note... Um, that this you know we were in a gadget hungry world now yeah we're in the in the 2000s we're in the 21st century uh before that you know it's like the 90s were kind of like that too the eighties we had the walkman uh we had the the debut of the compact disc player um, which we'll get into in a minute yep um you know we, we we live in an electronics crazy world, but it the the show goes back a little before that to a time when there weren't um you know, 50 different things plugged into our walls in our living room, yeah. uh, sucking down juice. There yeah. were, there were, this organization and this event dates back into the 1960s. Yeah,
0: 1967 in New York City, that was the first CES. And back then, electronics consisted of one radio and a television that didn't work yet. Not true. No, that's that's totally that was a complete and well, the 1967 part was true, but the rest was a lie.
2: Right. Uh, yeah, I, I did find a a Flickr set of mm. photos from uh, from early CESs I back didn't know in the late. That Flickr 60s. was
0: around in 1967. That's amazing.
2: The photos, however. Oh, right. Um, yeah, actually, you can upload old ones. It's it's interesting um to see people lined up at the registration booth. Yeah, where um, you can count them wearing yeah wearing suits and ties. Yes, you know because hey, you know they were members of the press and, and it members was a trade of the show. You know, and it was a trade show. so yeah. you dressed up.
0: Yeah, it was wearing uh, their
2: fedoras. <laughs> and none of them were were platypie. Right. Right.
1: Anyway. Oh, there you
0: are, Perry. Uh, the, uh, so that, that first show, there were 200 exhibitors at that first show, and there were, uh, 17,500 people attending the show. And we should also point out that when we say people. 200. <laughs> 200 exhibitors, yeah. Oh, if only. Yeah. I, I could go for half a day and I'd be done. Um, 17,500 attendees, and, and, uh, the attendees were all, industry related. Uh, you, yeah. you know, it's not open to the public. Why, yeah, why,
2: why would you want to go?
0: Yes. Cause I mean, the idea, I mean, it, <laughs> I often ask myself that question,
2: but no, the, uh, uh, the, well, well yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's, there are variations on different TV sets yeah, and, yeah. and I mean, different kinds of radios. There's stuff that's
0: interesting, but for the most part, what this is for, it's, it's for, the the vendors the manufacturers to show off new products to retailers yeah so that retailers will go and order the right. the devices from the manufacturer and start selling them through their retail stores that's typical and, of a trade show that's what yeah, they're for that's that's the main that's the big business that's going on uh, at CES and then you have the press as well uh, that covers CES and i think back in 1967 there probably weren't any
2: bloggers New. But it was all journalists, um, so and I'm assuming that a lot of them probably wouldn't have been interested in this because this isn't as interesting to the reader in 1967, uh, the general reader, right? As it would be today.
0: Yeah, there, you know, the there did become kind of an interesting uh, history at CES for new technologies to debut there, and we'll talk about <laughs> those in a little bit. But um, when it first started, it was pretty, it was it was fairly modest, and it was not the only big trade show out there either i mean you know it's one of the ones that we hear about consistently today but Mm -hmm. it's not the only one it was actually a spinoff of another trade show the chicago music show really yep back in the day interesting but um uh and then you know you skip ahead by about a decade unless you had do you had specific things you wanted to talk about in the early history of ces um
2: no not necessarily
0: so i was thinking like back in around 1978 Mm-hmm. the CEA decided to try something new mm-hmm. and hold actually two trade shows
2: per year right there one, was a winter and a summer right
0: and the winter one was always in vegas mm-hmm. and the summer one for the first uh, first couple of decades was in chicago yeah um, but then in 1995 CEA decided to try an experiment and move the summer city to different destinations mm-hmm. and to kind of play that, play with that and see how that went uh, originally they were going to go to Philadelphia in uh, 95 I think and then uh, the problem was it was scheduled directly against uh, the E3 um, event and E3 yes. the Electronic uh, Entertainment Expo is another big trade show uh, mm-hmm. and that, so a lot of exhibitors were kind of expressing concern about that because they really wanted to be, and, and retailers too, they wanted to be at the other trade show as well. They, they'd have to p- pick between the two. And if, if you've got one show that has two shows a year and one that only has one show a year, well then that's easy. You, you skip the one that has two, you can go to the other show and then you, go, you, you still have another chance to make it to the first one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they tried that a couple times, uh, in uh, 1998, they decided, you know, this doesn't make any sense. We're just going to do one show a year. It'll be that winter show, and it's going to be in Vegas, and that's how it's been since.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Um,
0: you wanted to talk about some of the, the products, some of the technologies that have debuted at CES? Yeah. We actually we actually <clears> have <throat> several um, Tech Stuff episodes about some of the technologies that have uh, that were first shown off to people be, beyond the manufacturers uh, mm-hmm. at CES.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and um this is this is one of those those things about the show. Um well we were going to talk about what it's like to go to the show. But if you go to to any of the booths, I mean, you're likely to see incremental changes yeah. in a product, uh the next version of a technology. Um, yeah. yeah, we've got the uh, the new camera which has a slightly faster um you know a- ability to do burst photography. Well, or, a few or, years ago burst photography was new. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah, an most, improvement.
0: I'd it. say 99% of the stuff you encounter at CES is uh, just a a slight evolution on technology we've already seen. Yeah, but and, that 1%.
2: <laughs> and and you know there there um, variations on stuff. It'll be uh, you know things that are slightly smaller. You know, right. than last year or, or it'll. Uh, they come in different colors
0: or like the, a camera that incorporates a button so that you can share photos on social networking sites more more readily yeah that kind of stuff well, like a new feature that's in a and pre-existing technology
2: yeah you know, or you'll go to a uh, or we'll go to a press event and they'll we'll find out that um the tvs are not any particularly larger or or thinner than they were last year but this time they're Blue, Because yeah. blue is the trendy color this year. Yeah. But uh, you will find the stuff that is brand new and stuff that is that was previously unavailable to the public. Yeah. Uh, that will be, including, um, and my first device was uh, 1970, that groundbreaking, and when I mean groundbreaking, it's because it was large and heavy, video cassette recorder.
0: Yep, yep. Video cassette recorders, or VCRs, debuted at CES. It was the... First time uh, anyone outside of the the industry uh, got a chance to get a look at one of these, and um, for mean, they, those of you who don't remember, VCRs were a big thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and one of your uh, your hits. Now, this I have a list that came from CES itself. Yeah, uh, the next of which was the Laserdisc player in 1974, and that was a uh, that was pretty huge.
0: Yeah, though Laserdisc players ended up being more of a, a niche market. There was a, a like an enthusiast market that it was extremely popular. And um, I mean, there's still devotees of the uh, the laserdisc player out there today, but uh, it never reached uh, a kind of widespread adoption. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm going to do that thing that that Jonathan hates it when I do when I actually hold something up. Yeah, especially since uh, I don't have my glasses on. Oh, Hang on. Do you recognize this device? That would be the first cheap digital watch from Texas Instruments. Yes, it made its its debut in the in the mid '70s. I did recognize it. Twenty dollars.
0: Yeah, that was a uh, if you listen to our Texas Instruments uh episodes, then you know we actually talked about that about how <clears throat> TI helped bring in this era of of less expensive Digital uh, watches before that, they were
2: all these luxury items that cost hundreds of dollars. Transistors. It's yes, transistors. Speaking of something that has transistors in it, um, uh-huh. a device that I owned in the 1970s. And this, uh, it's, it's interesting that you brought up E3 in the mid 90s because E3 is a much younger trade show. Um, if you wanted to show off the next uh, device, you would have to uh, take it to CES because there wasn't an E3 um when it showed up in 1977 and that would be Atari's VCS, yes. Video Computer System.
0: Other consoles also first debuted at CES including some that debuted after E3 started. That includes Pong. That's that was after, oh. that was before E3. Uh but NES mm-hmm. that also debuted at CES in yeah. in America, granted it had already been out in Japan. Right, right. But made its American debut in uh uh, uh at a Winter CES show. And then um uh, also the Xbox. Yeah. Um, traditionally there are several keynote speeches that take place at CES. Uh, It's not all just out there on the the trade show floor where you're looking at booths. They also have sessions that they hold where they talk about trends and technology. And and companies will have a press event where they'll unveil the stuff that you would be able to see on the floor, but you'll get an early look at what it can do before you get to the floor. Well, Microsoft has had a keynote Slot at CES for years, mm-hmm. and at one of these, they unveiled the Xbox. Yep. So that was um, it. Wasn't an E3 thing.
2: That was before Microsoft was big in games.
0: Yeah, that was. It was a. That was a pretty was a announcement. Huge splash for Microsoft because, yeah. you know, Microsoft had been involved in games on the computer side, but not so much on the console side. So this was definitely a a, yeah. a pretty big move, and uh, it turned out to be a really successful one, which. You know, it's nice to be able to say that about Microsoft. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You're right. I, I, I didn't mean to say that they weren't because they they had done, uh, they had been. Releasing games for years, yeah. but not on the scale that the Xbox. Right, it was all com- it was all
0: computer based, like Microsoft Flight Simulator type stuff. Yeah, you know. Yep. But uh, yeah, the other other technologies that debuted at CES. Um, well, you talk about laser discs and VCRs. Yeah. Let's stay on that topic. They're, well,
2: 1981 was a big year. Yeah, because that was when the camcorder and compact disc player were shown off.
0: Uh, CDs.
2: Yep. And, and then
0: uh, DVDs also debuted mm-hmm. at CES, and uh, as did um, uh, Blu-ray. Yes. It also debuted at CES.
2: Yep. Oh, and don't forget that uh, uh, earth-shattering uh, announcement from Sony in 1993—the the, the mini disc.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very popular in other parts of the world.
2: True. Not true. so much in the United States. Um, you know, high high-def TV here yep. in the United States. Yep. Um, you know, plasma TVs. Hmm. Um, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, of course, uh, 3D TV in the, in the uh, 2009. Yeah, yeah.
0: So let's talk a little bit about um, – well, first of all, let's talk about 2000 uh, – I've got one event in 2005. <laughs> this was before we went. But in 2005, we have to talk about the oh. the embarrassing moment for Bill Gates.
2: Yeah, that, that – you know what? In doing the research for this, I wanted to look for products and, and things that made their uh, debut, and that was mentioned in several. And I kind of – Kind of feel terrible about it, you know that, that so many people remember it.
0: Sometimes stuff doesn't beep. That's the problem.
2: Uh, uh, so yeah, for that to happen to the company's founder and and on a
0: keynote speech, a keynote yeah. Speech yeah. Here, here's here's what happened because you know we're dancing around it. So Bill Gates is up on stage oh, and ouch. he is uh, uh, he's demonstrating a, a Windows Media Center to a, a crowd at CES, and as he's demonstrating it. The system crashes and he gets the blue screen of death. So imagine being the CEO of a company. You're showing off your latest product on on a device that has had its share of jokes directed at it for its um, yeah. the you know, the fact that it does tend to crash and that the when it does crash you get this blue screen. For that to happen in public on the stage, that had to have been a little. Uh, you know, and a little bit embarrassing, and the the press had a pretty good time with it, and oh, still yeah. does. So, anytime you see like a wrap up of big moments in CES, like Chris was saying, it tends to be included. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Um, um, and I have one more big moment. Yeah. Uh, in a similar vein, that I think can uh, can easily launch us into the second half of our podcast, where we talk about what it's like to be at the show. Yeah. Um, um Jonathan and I, the only time that Jonathan and I attended CES together was in 2008. Yes. And there was another um, I, I hate to use the term epic fail but this is this was painful in in its obviousness. Um, I think I
0: know what you're going for, but I want to hear it.
2: We had an opportunity to be on the show floor early because we were members of the media. Yes. So we got a chance to kind of see. Now, most of the the booths were kind of wrapped off so that you couldn't see it. But um, if you look at some of those old photo sets of old CESs, the booths were very bland. It would be a white booth with the name of the company written on it. Well, okay, it was black and white. So it looks like a white booth with the name of the company. Very, very sober in comparison with today's where they have – Elaborate displays with speakers and uh, all kinds of brilliant marketing materials. And they and might, they 3D might even bring like
0: overlays of, of stuff so that the cubicle yeah. doesn't look like a, so, so that the cube doesn't look like a cube. It looks like something else.
2: Sure, sure, yeah. And, and in some cases, um, you know, you can't really see in it before they've uh, started the show. Right. But in, in some cases, they can't hide yeah. what's going on. So we're walking around the show floor and getting an idea of what uh, what we're going to get an opportunity to see the next day. And uh, on on one side we see Sony's enormous pirate ship. Yes. Uh, of the Blu-ray display.
0: Yeah. So yeah, they actually had a a this this uh, uh, set essentially, and it was because of Pirates, Pirates of the of Caribbean. Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had this big pirate ship type set in the middle of their booth. Now now some of these booths are small. Like some of them some of them are only a slightly larger than what you would find in an office cubicle.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're marketing. Marketing dollars don't grow on trees for some companies, right? So they... Because
0: they are paying for square footage yes. at this event, and mm-hmm. other other ones, especially you know, of course, from the big companies, are enormous, yeah. enormous booths. Panasonic, and Sony. This, this is taking place. Most of these uh, booths yeah. are at the Las Vegas Convention Center, which has, I think, three and a half million square feet of space.
2: Yes, and and. <laughs> In CES these days, it's not just one building. No, it's they also have in many other floors yeah, in some in of the hotels. hotels. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you were saying so the Blu-ray right. the Blu-ray presence is there. Yes, Sony Blu-ray. And it was obvious. And then uh, a couple rows over, it wasn't even that far. It was on yeah. the same show floor. Yeah, it was. Was yeah. was the and this is again one of our very first podcasts that we did uh, back when we were five minutes long. Yeah. HD DVD versus Blu-ray.
0: Right. HD DVD was supposed to be at CES, and the week before CES, uh, there was a big stink because Warner Brothers announced that it was going to be exclusively Blu-ray from that moment on. And that was one of the few big uh, movie studios that w- had still been backing HD DVD. Yes. At that point, HD DVD, they uh, which this is from Toshiba, right? Yeah. Uh, had... Um, that Toshiba had decided to pull the HD DVD presence from CES rather than have to endure a a, a week long uh, uh, onslaught of questions about what are you going to do now?
2: Yeah, yeah, and that was that was the thing. It there were um, there were rumors that there was something going to happen with uh, HD DVD. Uh, I guess in the weeks prior. Yeah, and then it happened right before they had the set. Yeah, in place on the show floor, and it essentially
0: it was never empty. opened. Yeah,
2: um, and and we didn't know. We got the announcement while we were there. Yeah, <laughs> um, that they were they were going to do it, and then as we were there, they said, "Yeah, we're we're done."
0: Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty much the end of HD DVD. I and had we that room down that. too. Yeah, uh, that also was. Um, Two thousand eight was a big year for. Uh, for CES, there were 141,000 attendees, mm-hmm. so up from that 17,500 previously. Just just a few more. Um, Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Now, uh, I actually wrote down the uh, a couple of just little facts about every year from 2008 to 2011 because we were, uh, you know, I attended all of those. Uh, just a couple little notes. So you covered HD DVD, which was one of the notes I had for 2008. The number of attendees was another. And also, I have what CNET picked out as the best of CES oh, for each of okay, these. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, CNET is the official streaming partner of CES, or was in, uh, for those years. And so CNET always holds an awards, um, ceremony where what they do is their editors go and hit the floor and they all look at all the different tech out there and then they get together and they decide what is the what is the best thing on the floor mm-hmm. and I think you'll be interested to hear what one over some of these years, because they're not all good stories. Okay, go ahead. So, 2008 CNET awards. This one's not bad. Is the Philips Eco TV? I the remember that show. Yeah, this was a 42-inch 1080p HD TV that had a lot of energy-saving technology built into it. Because mm-hmm. 2008, I think Chris can remember this too. 2008, I think was the the big trend was green technology. Absolutely, it in was. 2008, um, now you can usually spot some pretty. Pretty prevalent trends each year at CES Mm -hmm, too mm -hmm. if you attend. We can talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, 2009, um, that was the, uh, when the LG watch phone was on the show floor, Oh yeah, which but never came a, to
2: the United States. But it made a huge uh, hit at the, the show. Yeah, it
0: got a lot of buzz because everyone's saying, oh, it's the Dick Tracy watch. Except it's got video and everything and it's a touchscreen interface. And uh, You know what? We don't have the LG watch phone, but we do have uh, the iPod Nano that has a lot of the same functionality, just not the phone part. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's kind of interesting. Um, but what won that year, CNET's prize went to the Palm Pre.
2: Oh, yes. Which is kind
0: of sad. Yeah. So just in short, Palm Pre from from, uh, from Palm uh, never right. really took off. It very much impressed everyone. Everyone thought that it was going to be a, a real uh, uh, competitor to the iPhone.
2: Yeah, that was basically the debut of their brand new operating system, yeah, WebOS.
0: And then it just never got traction. It, it took about six months from CES before it even hit the market. And by then, the buzz had died down. Yeah. So it never really took off. HP ended up buying Palm. Uh, the Palm phones began to disappear. WebOS became a tablet only thing. And then 2011 happened, and no one really was sure what was going to happen with WebOS because they first, HP was saying, we're done with it. And then they're like, no, we're not done with it. So we don't know if we're done with it. And now they're saying, we're not done with it and we're moving it to open source. So that's been the journey of WebOS since CES 2009. Ouch. Yeah, pretty crazy. And we did a whole episode on Palm, so you mm-hmm. can listen to that if you want to know more about that company. 2010, uh, the big thing I remember from 2010 is seeing Intel's Nehalem processor oh, yeah. running. I had written an article about the Nehalem processor, and this time I got the chance to see it. Uh, and I was very much impressed. The big win for uh, that year was Panasonic's 3D HD uh, yeah. That's what CNET gave the award to. Mm-hmm. And of course – Uh, 3-D television still has not really taken hold. It just hasn't really gained that much traction. There are a lot of televisions out there that have 3-D built into them, but we have not seen 3-D become a real powerhouse in home entertainment.
2: Yeah, and and actually you're mentioning um, uh, the Nehalem processor kind of reminded me too. A lot of the stuff on the show floor – i mean we've we've had many people uh tell us that they think going to c e s would be a whole lot of fun, and yeah in some ways getting the chance to see these gadgets and 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 cool toys and, and talk all sorts to some other
0: people behind it
2: yeah that that part is kind of cool, but there's a lot of stuff where i mean looking at a uh, uh, a motherboard with an ahelum processor, i mean what Intel does when they show that kind of thing off um is they show a computer running stuff. That you know, they're talking about the the optimization. But if you look at the processor, I mean, it's it's a chip. Yeah. It's so there's not- there's a lot of stuff there that's just. And it's and they're, good, and it's important, and yeah. it's it's nice to have in your next computer, you know, oh, man, look how fast that is. I'd like to have that. But you don't stay there all day and just marveling at it yeah. because it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah,
0: we can talk about some of it that. It is cool. We can talk about some of that also when we get exciting. into our personal experiences because I've got a whole rant I could go off on. But uh not but, about Intel, though. But um, they're,
2: they're expected to show a new processor this year, right? Ivy Bridge. Ivy Bridge.
0: Yeah, I saw Sandy Bridge last year, and again, that was very impressive. So that was something for 2011 TikTok. Uh last year being... This year, as we're recording it, but last year, when you're listening to this, 2011, yeah, I saw, I saw Sandy Bridge and that was very interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that was also, it was a big year for tablets and smartphones, uh, yeah. last year, 2011. Yep. Um, the Motorola Atrix, which was the smartphone oh, yeah, that could yeah. dock with a, a laptop-like docking device and it could power that laptop. So you were actually using the smartphone's operating system, but in a laptop form factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blackberry Playbook was there to, to play with. That was the right. first time I got my hands on one of those. Lots of different devices. CNET gave the award to the Motorola Zoom. Ah, yeah, Mm -hmm. which again just never really. I mean, it hasn't done terrible in the. It's not. It's not. It's. It's not a a failure or anything in the market. But I don't think it ended up making as big a splash as we thought back when we were at CES. Yeah, Um, and part of that is just you know that that was sporting the new uh, Honeycomb build of Android. Mm -hmm. Well, within that same year, we've seen Ice Cream Sandwich come out, or or at least unveiled. Mm,
2: Ice Cream. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's that's one of the issues with CES, too, is that sometimes the stuff that you see at the show that you think is going to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait for this to hit the market. It's going to be the next big thing. Some of it some of it never comes to market mm-hmm. and some of it will come to market and then just fizzle uh, uh, let me get my let me get the one item that never came to market that just drove
2: me crazy I, I know what that this one is the Lenovo u1 I knew what that one was Oh oh the
0: Lenovo u1 which was a, um, a notebook computer where you could detach the screen from the base of the computer, and it would become a tablet. And it actually had two different operating systems. When it was a notebook computer, it was running Windows 7. The original build I saw, when you detach the screen, it would switch to a Linux-based operating system. The second time I saw it, uh, which was uh, CES... T- oh, I can't remember if it was 2010, the first time, or 20, 2009. Anyway, the second time I saw it, uh, they'd switched the tablet operating system over to Android. Uh, and in both cases, they, they were hoping to aim for a summer release. Mm-hmm. And it never happened. It did. There were some limited releases in China, but nothing in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I, this was the tablet device I really wanted because I wanted something that I could use as a full computer or I could detach the screen and use that as a tablet so that I could preload all the things I needed before detaching the tablet part. And then I'd have it to refer to on the tablet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, for all the heavy data processing type stuff or or, or word processing, you know, word entry kind of things, uh, I could use a keyboard instead of a touchscreen device. And um, and yeah, I'm still uh, still sad that that never really came out. Um, but yeah, let's talk about what it's like when you go to CES. Uh, we can co- we'll mostly be talking about it from the perspective of press because that's what we are. Uh, we we haven't we've never exhibited at CES. Yeah, yeah. So.
2: Well, it's uh, – I can, I can say that it's if, – if you're interested in uh, gadgets or you're a member of, of the media, it's – the experience is not going to be terribly difficult because um, you're going to want to see as much of the show as you can. Now, the, the show takes the better part of a week. Yep. Um, and, you know, as, as, as I mentioned and Jonathan mentioned before, um, it's quite a lot of square footage in terms of show space. Yeah. Um, it's grown very, very large. There's even an outdoor section where they have uh, mobile electronics and things. Uh, and cars. cars. Um, yeah, that w- that was the first time I saw a Fiat 500 because uh, Microsoft was showing off its uh, uh, sync yep. operating system, and they had a Fiat 500 there. And I thought, wow, man, look at this. They they brought a Fiat overseas for, just for this show. Um, a lot of the audio – uh, exhibitors are in
0: hotel suites in yes. one of the nearby hotels because you know you don't want to you don't want to have to try and dis- and and show off your your high-end audio equipment on a show floor that's just clamoring with noise. Yeah. You need to have your own little area so that you've at least kind of blocked out most of the ambient noise so people can really hear what your your stuff can do.
2: Yeah, to to quote uh Dr. Seuss, "Oh the noise, 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 yeah. noise." Yeah. It is it's a loud Environment. People are talking. There's media playing from from pretty much everywhere.
0: Yeah, the central hall. You get um, uh, there's usually a few. the the one the one audio areas you'll hear the most are from are are the um, the car sets like the 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 audio uh, stereo systems that go into cars. Mm -hmm. Those tend to actually be on the show floor. Yeah, and they tend to drown everything else out. I know that when um, Leo Laporte first got his this week in tech table set up over at uh, CES, he was put directly across from an area where they had uh, several of these uh, exhibitors showing off these incredibly powerful stereo systems. And so through most of the twit footage of that first year, you hear doom, doom,
2: doom, 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 doom like in the background. <laughs> and like people are shaking when they're sitting there at the table. It was pretty intense. Yeah, they even had a – in 2008 when, I, when we went uh... – they even had marine electronics. They had boats. Yeah, going, thum,
0: thum. yeah, yep. <laughs> so and uh, it was uh, pretty interesting. So some of these, some of these booths that you you would see are are wide and spread out, and and in some cases it's that the company wants to make a big statement but doesn't necessarily have that much to show. Um, sometimes it's that they need the space, like uh, the the parrot drone. oh uh, yeah. The, the first yeah. time I saw that, you know, that's the the it's got four. Uh, helicopter type yeah. blades. I've uh, Seen it called corners. a quadricopter. Yeah, quadricopter. That's that's not bad. Um, and you can control it through and uh, a mobile device. It was it used to just be uh, iPhone, mm-hmm. but and they've expanded it a little bit since then. But that was really pretty cool um, and took up a lot of space. But it was it was it consistently drew crowds. Yeah. Taser tends to have its own space. Last year I saw them tasering people. That was kind of interesting.
2: I bet that was a shock.
0: Yeah, I bet it was. They got a real charge out of it. Uh and then there for every booth that you see that has really cool tech in it, mm-hmm. there are about fifteen booths that have things like computer cases yeah. or smartphone cases. Or smartphone decals to put on – stuff that's accessories for things that you already own. So it's not as exciting. It's Mm -hmm. definitely stuff that people want. So that's why it's at the trade show because retailers are going to be looking around to see what's available and say, oh, you know what? I want my store to carry this line of smartphone case because I think that would really move. Yeah. but as a as a member of the press or maybe just a member of the general public, if somehow you'd found your way into c e s it wouldn't necessarily be like, "Oh my gosh, look at that smartphone case
2: well, and some of the manufacturers too aren't necessarily cutting edge. You might see a headphone manufacturer there and they're not making uh the latest noise cancelling headphones or that hey, that would come in handy at c e s or um uh, you know the the high end cans that you see um, people paying three hundred or more dollars for. Yeah. You'll see low cost headphones. Yeah. Look, we made uh, you know earbuds with better response uh, that retail for nineteen ninety nine. And and that's not going to be exciting news necessarily, <laughs> but it might be for retailers who are going, hey, I can I can offer a wider range of low cost stuff and sell these in my store Yeah. Um, there are a lot of manufacturers from overseas who are showing off um, how they've been able to manufacture things in smaller packages and, uh, and for lower costs um, so you might be able to, to fill out your low range if you're, you're uh, looking for stuff to include in your store
0: yeah there's actually an entire section that's essentially uh, uh, from Asian uh, markets and it's all these really tiny booths filled with some of it's filled with some of the weirdest electronics you've ever seen. Like, it's all, the stuff that you would typically say, wow, that, that clearly had to come from Japan because it's just so unusual. But, um, but also a lot of the other, like the, the, the less expensive, the more affordable types of electronics, you know, sure. the, the, not the cutting edge stuff, but the stuff that has been refined to a point where the price has really come down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are other sections of the floor where you're gonna, you're gonna see the, the cutting edge, like the, Top stuff that's coming out the next year. Um, these are usually from the really, really big companies. I and mean, once in a while, a small company will, will really throw you. Mm-hmm. you know, you'll, you'll go to some small booth and you're like, wow, the parrot drone in a way was like that. A lot of people said, wow, that's really innovative. Yeah. Um, but, uh, more often than not, you're going to see people talking about the big companies like Sony, Panasonic, um, Toshiba, Toshiba, LG. Yep. LG, LG always has a really big, uh, presence there. Um, Intel, mm-hmm. Microsoft, uh, these are the companies that have some of the largest booth spaces on there. like, Some of the booth spaces for some of these companies are the same as if you took 10 of the other exhibitors together and put them all in the same space.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, the, these places are, are, in a lot of cases, larger than a small retail store. Yeah. Um, and and the, the, the result of that is you can spend a whole day looking at a small section of the floor because you need a few minutes to take in what it is you're looking at, so I mean, you could spend a lot of time on your feet, yeah. um, looking around, and it's uh, it can be wearying, especially if you're carrying uh, twenty pounds of laptop. paper press kits or and, and uh, six pounds of laptop.
0: Yeah, yeah, they don't um, they don't do the paper press kits as much anymore. Thank no, goodness. but that was the year that I yeah, went. and I yeah. had a oh. lot of stuff working remotely. Where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. With SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at Concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot The
2: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry.
0: No, we. There was a point I remember. Chris and I both at one point took out all the press kits we had, and it was, it was probably combined. It was probably at least fifty pounds of of
2: paper. Yeah. Thankfully, they don't do that anymore. Yeah. No. Now at least not as much.
0: Now it tends to either be on a thumb drive or they give you a card that has a link to an online yeah. uh, press kit, which is so much better. And also, it makes it way easier to get hold of uh, uh, things like images and stuff if you need to yeah. run an article. So that that. Fantastic. Keep
2: that up. The, um, but it goes on for days. I mean, you can – after the first day or so, you can be quite tired from yeah, the experience. There, and there's there's just a lot to see and a lot to do.
0: There are three main halls in yeah. the convention center. Mm-hmm. There's North Hall, Central Hall, and South Hall. And uh, South Hall is the one that I typically hit first. And they're most – several of the big-name companies are in South Hall. Central Hall has more of the big-name companies. And I believe it's the Central Hall that has two floors. hmm which makes that even more uh, intimidating. And then the North Hall tends to have a lot of the vehicle stuff. Some of it's in the Central Hall, but most of the vehicle stuff's in the North Hall, the stuff that's not on display outside the convention center. Um, And so uh, you also they also will have special zones set up now at CES. So Mm -hmm. like they'll have a green zone area where they've got a lot of exhibitors who all specialize in green technology together. They'll have an educational zone. They'll have a senior uh, uh, citizen type zone, so technology Mm -hmm. that's specifically geared toward, um, uh, meeting the needs of, of uh, elderly, uh, users. So that's kind of interesting that, you know, you, these different zones can be in various halls. It all depends on, you know, how CES is arranged that particular year. Uh, then you've got all the, the different, um, ones that are in the, the, the nearby hotels, um, for example, the Venetian off, often has its own uh, the audio section. Also, the Venetian and Sands Expo Center tends to have a hall, display hall as well. It's a smaller one. Doesn't have as many big names in it, but it's another it's another exhibitor hall. So, mm-hmm. it's not just the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is already huge. The Hilton tends to have several suites that people are using that exhibitors are using. Sometimes you have companies that don't rent space at CES But they show up and get a suite at a hotel and then they try and entice you to come over to the hotel so they can show off their stuff without actually being part of the CES. So -hmm, there's mm -hmm. that issue as well. And then there are all the parties. Okay. (laughs) So people who have never been to CES who are saying, wow, this sounds like it's incredible. And there are parties? That sounds amazing. Let me tell you what a CES party is like. (laughs) So a CES party, you will will eat well and you will – you, you could potentially drink as well. I don't drink, so that means nothing to me. Um, I mean, I drink water, but I don't drink alcohol, so that means nothing to me. But you go, you'll see some cool tech, and then you try and talk over the sound of everyone else talking, plus the ambient music, which is usually about three three or four times louder than it needs to be, mm-hmm. in order to explain who you are and, and and find out more about this product. It's all business talk. It's not it's not fun stuff. Like it's not it's not a party you go to to have fun. It's a party you go to to network, to get a little more information about stuff. It's still working. Yeah. So it's not like, um, you know, you're you're dancing the night away. It's not like that. Although, maybe there are some of those CES parties, and those are just the ones I've never gone to. Uh, so now at this point, I tend to I, I'll I'll try and go to a party now and then because it is a really good way to network with people, and it is a very good way. Like if you if you write about how stuff works, like I do. It can be invaluable to get the business card of an executive so that mm-hmm. you can contact that person and say, hey, I'm working on this article about the thing that you specialize in. Is there anyone at your company I could speak with so I could get an expert uh, on uh, involved in, in writing this article? Mm-hmm. It's incredible. But now I'll, I will often try and uh, save the time after the show floor closes to getting together with some of my peers in tech journalism to sit down and just kind of talk about what we saw and kind of share knowledge because there's a lot of that at CES. It's nice. You know, you don't see a lot of, at least in my experience, I don't see a lot of journalists kind of shutting themselves off from everyone else and not talking for fear of losing the scoop. Mm-hmm. It tends to be a lot of people sharing their information and kind of, you know, figuring out what are the trends? what What, are, what is it that we're seeing? What does this mean mm-hmm. for the upcoming year? And that to me is is fascinating. That's one of the parts that I, I like the most about CES. Uh, so sitting around in the old, what used to be the Star Trek experience at the Hilton, <laughs> with uh with, uh, folks from the Twit Network or from uh from Revision Three, uh, or from uh, CNET. I mean, that's that's fantastic. I yeah. love that.
2: But it's uh yeah, it's not all fun and games. That's for sure.
0: Um... No, it's a lot of work. It is, and it is probably. It's one of the most physically tolling things I've had to do at how stuff works. It's by the end of the day you you feel it.
2: Yeah. And then, uh, and then you get up and do it again.
0: Here's here's a hint for any of you who are doing CES for the first time this year. If you're listening to this, you, it might be too late. So if it's <laughs> first time you're doing CES will be 2013, here's a, here's what you do. you need to know. If you plan on doing something after the show floor closes and you go back to your hotel room to set stuff down so that you can go back out, <laughs> do not do not sit down and or lie down because that's it. Yeah. You're not moving again. Yeah. I have made that mistake so many times. But I mean, oh, those chairs and beds just look so comforting after oh, you've yeah. been on your feet all day long. It's a it's a very interesting trade show. It I don't think it's as phenomenal or magical as outsiders seem to think it is. Yeah. I mean, but that's because I've covered it for 4 years now. So Um, if you, if you were to experience it, the way I try and explain it to people is if you're a journalist, imagine walking into the world's largest shopping mall, Mm -hmm. but every single store just sells electronics. And it's your job to go into every single store and look at every single shelf at every single device. And then you're going to write up what the best was when you're done. And the problem is that mm, 80 to 90% of the devices are, you know, it's not that they're bad; they're just not interesting. Yeah, and you have to do this through the entire mall. That's not fun. <laughs> but there are fun elements to it. When you do stumble across that thing that that is is debuting for the very first time at CES, there is a level of excitement there that is, you know, it's hard. You can't dismiss that. That yeah. is pretty pretty incredible to experience.
2: Yeah. Well, it should be uh, should be interesting mm-hmm. yeah. listening to uh, your reports when you when you. You know are able to file if you're not completely worn out
0: yeah I'm sure I'll, I'll blog some while I'm at CES and then maybe maybe when I get back we can talk a little bit about what it was I saw now granted by the time that podcast goes live it'll be um, well after CES yeah. but but I can I can at least talk about sort of the trends and you know maybe what the field was like because one thing we did not touch on and I' I guess we could end here because it mm-hmm. is kind of interesting yeah um, is that you know 2008, Most heavily attended CES at that point at 141,000 people. So you and I got to experience the most crowded it's ever been.
2: And it was crowded.
0: 2009 saw a 20% drop in attendance because that was when there was uh, fear about recession. There was a lot of economic uncertainty. Sure, Exhibitors pulled out of the show. Attendees canceled. And so uh, I think it was like around 110,000 people showed up. Um, in 2009, instead so, you know 100, yeah. so 30,000 people n- less than the previous year. Only 110,000, which it sounds like it's still a huge amount, but when you spread it over the entire event, it was noticeable that there were fewer people there. Yeah, um, 20% fewer people there. And then 2000 and uh, uh, 2010, there were a few more, but it still was pretty. It still wasn't at its old levels. And then last yes. year, uh 2011. It got back up to 140,000, so it's almost back to where it was in 2008. Okay. So uh, I don't know what 2012 is going to look like yet because I, ha- uh, while I'm there, while you're listening, I'm not there while I'm recording. All right. But uh, I'm sure I can d- report back, assuming that I still have any, you know, ability to do so. I lost that toe on that one year, the 2008. <laughs> That's when I got in between a reporter and some free food. Anyway, bad idea. (laughs) Never do that in any circumstance, but especially at CES. (laughs) All right, so we're wrapping this up. You guys, if you have any requests for episodes that you would like us to cover in the future, let us know. You can contact us on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle there is TechStuffHSW. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon.
1: Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?
0: Running a business is no cakewalk. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything.